0: Thank you very much. You're listening to WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. My name is John Clark, and you are listening to The Jazz Focus. We are... Dedicating ourselves here in this program to exploring some little-known corners of jazz recording history and uh, some interesting artists you may not have otherwise heard. And uh, our focus today is on a pianist named Herman Chittison. And uh, unless you're a pretty die-hard jazz fan, you probably haven't heard of Herman Chittison. But he had a, a long and interesting career, and. Uh, a touring legacy that took him really around the world. He was born in 1909 in Flemingsburg, Kentucky. He was an African-American piano player. He grew up uh, playing jazz and big band stuff in the 1920s. He apparently was largely self-taught, although it's hard to believe he didn't have some formal training at some point, given how technically able he was, and we'll be hearing that coming up, and the first two tunes showed off a little bit of his technique as well. Uh, He was a pianist who was definitely influenced by Art Tatum, not only in style and repertoire, but in instrumentation of his trios, which uh, we just heard one of his more famous trios uh, in the first two tunes. We'll talk about that in a second, too. So, he uh, began touring with bands in the South and the Southwest, territory bands, most notably Zach White and his Chocolate Bo Brummels, as it was called. And He recorded with them in the late 1920s when he was only in his late teens. Um, he was a pretty well-known pianist at that time as well. He uh, came to New York, did a little playing, and he ended up going to Europe, uh, to France, first with Louis Armstrong in 1934. He played with his band uh, in England and France and uh, recorded with him in Paris in 19. 19- 1934. He stayed there after Louis went home and uh, forged a uh, connection with the trumpeter Bill Coleman, who we'll hear from a little bit later. They both played in Willie Lewis's band. It was a band of African-American musicians, about half and half um, Americans and uh, either Europeans or Africans or in some cases South American musicians playing uh, big band jazz in the middle 1930s. And uh, Herman Chittison stayed with them for about three or four years, from about 1935 to eight or so. And Uh, in about 1939 he and Bill Coleman went on a tour that brought them to Egypt and they played in Egypt for quite a while and I think Chittison ended up in India for a bit as well The coming of World War II sort of signaled to him that it was time to get back to America as fast as possible. And in about 1941, he came back. He started doing some uh, supper club gigs. He played in some bands. And then he toured some other places as well. Finally, he landed back in New York, uh, in America, to stay in 1944. Uh, a few shows ago, we did uh, Joe Thomas, the great African American trumpet player, and some of his recordings on Keynote, and we get to hear Herman Chittison playing with him on a uh, cut by George Wetling's New Yorkers, and uh, he did several other tracks with Wetling. We're not going to hear any of those today. We're going to focus mainly on his small groups, his trios, uh, occasionally solos, and some of his vocal backings as well started the program with two trio sessions that uh, the Herman Chittison Trio did for the MusiCraft label on December 8th of 1944. We started with the Schubert's Serenade and followed it up with How High the Moon. And the trio at this point was Herman Chittison, of course, on piano, Carlton Powell on bass, and uh, he was with Chittison for quite a while. There was another fellow named Carlton Powell who was a a blues bassist in the late 1900s, who was playing down, I think, in the Memphis area, and I don't know if that was this Carlton Powell's son or not. I can't imagine it was the same person, that would have been a a big uh, age difference there, but you never know. And on guitar, a fellow named Jimmy Shirley, professionally known as James Arthur Shirley, Uh, he had been a, a, a stalwart of 52nd Street, playing in a lot of combos. He played in the Clarence Prophet trio, another piano trio, as well as in this one. He had recorded frequently on Blue Note and some other labels with uh, a range of jazz stars from swing to Dixieland, even to early bop players as well. Towards the late part of the 40s and beyond, he started playing more rhythm and blues and even rock and roll, and he got away from jazz a bit, and I think he lived into the 1970s. So that was the trio, and as I said, we started out with Schubert's Serenade, which was uh, capitalizing on... uh, Uh, The vogue for playing jazz versions of classical pieces uh, that went back a few years, especially to the John Kirby sextet. We're going to be doing a show or possibly a podcast on the John Kirby sextet coming up. And then, of course, How High the Moon, which in 1944 was pretty much a brand new tune. It uh, hadn't quite been... Uh, elevated to the status of uh, standard or anthem of the bebop era, which it was to become, Uh, listening to Chittison play, clearly he knew uh, some of the innovations of the bebop musicians who were just starting to become known on the jam session circuit and at Minton's and different places in the uh, mid-1940s. And his playing, as I said, really reflects a lot of different influences. Clearly he had listened to Art Tatum, he had that type of technique, and this instrumentation of guitar, bass, and piano was the instrumentation. instrumentation of the Artatum Trio, which was very, very popular at the time, and the Clarence Prophet Trio uh, at the same time as well. So those two tunes uh, give us a little bit of an introduction to the style of Herman Chittison, Not only the Art Tatum stuff but some good stride piano. He came up listening to Fats Waller and James P. Johnson and uh, a little bit later in the 30s when we listen to some of his recordings that we'll hear from Europe in the middle 1930s you can hear more of the elements of Teddy Wilson uh, in there as well. So lots of different things happening. We're gonna move on right now to a series of recordings by uh, Chittison. We're going to start with a um, solo piece uh, that he did uh, that was uh, another unusual pick for a jazz pianist. It was a, a, a sort of a, a, an atmospheric piece called To a Wild Rose, composed by Edward McDowell, the American composer in the early 1900s, and he does a jazzy version of this. This is from May 1st of 1945, um, a solo version, just Herman on the piano. And then from there we're going to hear a couple of other solos that he did. Um, Honeysuckle Rose, and I'll tell you the other ones coming up after that. These were from uh, a label uh, that he he was recording for in Europe in the middle 1930s. We'll tell you more about that as we get there. And then after that, we're going to end up with a nice trio version of These Foolish Things. So this is our mini set uh, heading out here right now. We begin with To a Wild Rose, and then Honeysuckle Rose, then You'll Be My Lover, and end up with these foolish things, Herman Chittison on piano. mm some great examples of Herman Chittison's playing right there. So we started out with To a Wild Rose, a piano solo that was recorded in May of 1945 with the MusiCraft label, and uh, shows a, a pretty evolved arrangement of that tune. As I said, that was an early 20th century tune composed by Edward McDowell, and made to... Uh, uh, torture and torment any number of beginning piano students uh, that have come up over the years but here are uh, given in a really impressive jazz fashion. When uh, Chittison came back to New York in 1942 or so he uh, started working of all things in the radio uh, doing background music for a radio show that was somewhat popular at the time it was called Casey Crime Photographer and as you might uh, guess from the title. It was a, a true crime type of show that uh, had this crime photographer solving crimes as he was photographing them and so forth. And part of the action was set in a, a place called the Blue Note Cafe. And in the Blue Note Cafe there was a piano player who played in between discussions and uh, under the uh, dialogue and so forth. And the piano player was in fact Herman Chittison, And he was part of this uh, radio show for about seven years apparently. This was a fairly long running show. It went from 1943 into the early 50s, it transmitted um, itself over to television for a little while, and then it went back to radio after that. When it went back to the radio, Chittison was not available and Teddy Wilson took his place. That was in the mid-1950s. So Chittison's playing was quite familiar to radio audiences, and apparently uh, people tuned in just to hear him play. I don't think he was featured on any numbers usually, but he was playing background and you know connecting music and things like that. Apparently one of his bigger fans was Thelonious Monk, who uh, later in life said that he was an important early influence. So while he was in New York doing the radio show, uh, Chittison was also recording with the trio that we had talked about, we're going to hear a little more from in a few minutes, but uh, he also was doing some fairly high profile or or high uh, leverage supper club uh, performances on the Upper East Side as well. He was a a very uh, urbane piano player and very sophisticated in in the way he played, and he was a a favorite of the high-class crowd, and he did that for quite a while in the 1940s. So we started with, as I said, To a Wild Rose, which really showed the Artatum influence on Herman Chittison. We went to two numbers following that that show uh, a little more of his stride piano roots, uh, sounding very much like Fats Waller, suitably, because the first number was Honeysuckle Rose, the Fats Waller tune, followed uh, by a tune called uh, You'll Be My Lover, which I have to admit I have not been able to find anything about. I don't know who wrote it. It's possible it was a Herman Chittison song. He recorded both of those and a number of other piano solos as well, when he was in Europe. This was for the French Brunswick label on May 22nd of 1934 and uh, showed him off very well. He recorded, I think, about eight solo uh, piano sides over there at the time and that really uh, brought him uh, to the notice of uh, the jazz record buying public, at least in Europe. As I said, he had been playing with Louis Armstrong when he went over there and he ended up playing with the Willie Lewis Entertainers big band and doing a lot of small group sessions and recording sessions with Bill Coleman and other people as well. We're going to hear one of those uh, collaborations with Bill Coleman right now. This is a uh, a tune by Jimmy McHugh and Dorothy Fields called I'm in the Mood for Love. And this was one that uh, Louis Armstrong, of course, had made a hit recording of uh, in, I think it was about 1934. This comes from January of 1936. It was recorded for Gramophone in France, uh, in Paris, and it features uh, just the duo, Bill Coleman on trumpet and Herman Chittison on piano, a really fine combination. Bill Coleman was a very underrated trumpet player. We're probably going to be doing a show or a podcast on him coming up as well. I should mention at this point, uh, I have a jazz podcast called The Jazz Focus, which does similar things to this radio show. We tend to listen to a little bit more music since we're not time-constrained. So if you'd like to take a listen to what we've done in the past and what we'll be doing in the future go on to anchor.fm or you can also find the Jazz Focus on Spotify and Apple Music. So we're gonna start with I'm in the Mood for Love, give us a little bit of a, a, a trumpet sound there for a change. Then we're gonna to move to three blues accompaniments. Uh, they're not really blues accompaniments, they're uh, vocal accompaniments. Two by the great African-American singer, Ethel Waters, whose career extended back to, oh, about 1920 or so. She was a blues singer back then. She was known as Sweet Mama String Bean. Not very flattering, but that was the marketing back then. By the 1940s, she was, uh, a pretty uh, uh, well thought of dramatic actress as well as a singer and we're going to hear two tunes that she recorded with Herman Chittison's trio. Uh, One is the traditional tune Careless Love and the other is the Benny Carter tune called The Blues in My Heart. Then we're going to go back to the MusiCraft sessions of um, Herman Chittison and uh, his trio, this time backing a wonderful singer who had been with Count Basie. Her name was Thelma Carpenter. She also, I believe, recorded with Coleman Hawkins. And this was uh, part of a a trio session. She came in and guested on two numbers, one of which we're going to hear right now, which is called All of My Life. And um, this was recorded for the MusiCraft label on February 2nd of 1945. So, those are our four tunes in this set. We have time, might stick another one in after that, but I'll tell you about that later. I'm in the mood for love, careless love, blues in my heart, and all of my life.
1: Like friendship when your money's gone. Love helps the lone sharks when your heart's in pawn. Yes, it's love, oh, love, oh, careless love. You fly right to my head like. ruin the life of many a girl, and you nearly spoiled this life of mine. Love, oh love, oh careless love, I trusted you.
0: extra for you as well. We started out And ended up with Herman Chittison accompanying Bill Coleman, a great trumpet player, African American trumpet player who played in New York, recorded with the Cecil Scott Orchestra and other groups as well, before relocating to Europe in the uh, early to mid-1930s, 1933 thereabouts. And uh, he stayed there uh, up until the World War II era, and he recorded with just about everybody. He was a very highly thought of player, very accomplished player as well. Uh, Recorded quite a bit under his own name, also with Django Ryan. Reinhardt and did Four Sides with Herman Chittesen. Um The first one we heard from this set was I'm in the Mood for Love, just a duet, piano and trumpet. Very well done. January 31st of 1936 for the gramophone label in France. And then we ended up that set with the session mate uh, of that uh, tune, After You've Gone, the jazz standard even at that point, uh, composed by... Henry Kramer and Turner Leighton. That had uh, Coleman and Chittison uh, also with a bass player, Eugene Dem, who was uh, known for his playing with the Quintet of the Hot Club of France. In between there, we got to hear uh, Chittison show off his accompanying chops. Of course, he did with Bill Coleman, too, but... Right after he came to New York, he started uh, getting hired in the early 1930s to accompany uh, singers and uh, even other theatrical acts, and he became quite well-known for his ability to do that. He uh, toured to Boston, actually he stayed in Boston for quite a while with comedian Step and Fetch It and the review that he had going. He also recorded and accompanied... Um, Adelaide Hall, he did some work with Clarence Williams on some of his recording dates and all of that before going to Europe and doing some of those recordings we heard before. So we heard uh, a little bit later Herman Chittesen, uh From 1947, showing off as an accompanist with Ethel Waters. This was from January 21st, 1947, for Victor, and two tunes that he recorded with uh, the great singer, Ethel Waters, who at this point was uh, moving a little beyond her jazz style. She was definitely more on the theatrical side at this point, but she still showed a little bit of what uh, classed her as one of the great blues singers of the early 1920s. We heard Careless Love and Blues in My Heart, accompanied by the Herman Chittison Trio. Chittison, Carl Powell again uh, on bass, and this time it had Everett Barksdale on guitar. Chittison had very good taste in guitar players. Then we had another accompaniment from his trio of 1945, and this was accompanying uh, Thelma Carpenter, who I mentioned uh, earlier. And this was a tune called All of My Life from February 2nd of 1945, and it featured the Chittison trio again, Chittison Powell, and this time Carl Lynch on guitar. So, those were our five tunes in that set. And I should just mention, round out Herman Chittison's life program at that point. Following uh, his. Uh participation in the radio show Casey Crime photographer um, he actually went to Boston for about two and a half three years he played in several rooms one in the Lennox Hotel in Boston and one uh, in a defunct club that uh, was in Bay Village in Boston and was became well known as a solo and cocktail pianist although he did jazz sessions as well and uh, he lived in Boston for quite a while After leaving Boston, he went back to New York for a while and then toured around. He ended up in Cleveland, Ohio, where he lived the last few years of his life. He passed away in 1967. Um, His name, Herman Chittison, is not terribly well-known today, but I hope you'll agree after having listened to these sides that he is well worth rediscovering, and uh, he fortunately recorded quite frequently in Europe and in America, too. Not too often under his own name, a couple of solo sessions and a couple of trio sessions, but uh, some of the real glory of his playing is found in his accompaniments and also as uh, when he was a band pianist, in Europe particularly. So, we're going to finish up right now with a couple of tunes that Chittison recorded for the World Transcription label. Uh, This was a label that... uh, had some business connection with DECA Records, I believe, and a lot of artists who recorded sessions for DECA uh, would go into the World Transcription Studios a few days later, sometimes even the same day, I think, and record the same things. And these would be... Uh, recordings that were marketed to radio stations. They were not commercially available, and uh, they'd be used for uh, filler music, for radio shows, for promotional things, things like that. Um, They really were excellent recordings. They were well-recorded, and unlike commercial recordings of the time, they didn't suffer from scratches and things like that, Um, so we can really hear what some of these musicians and bands sounded like very clearly. And fortunately, they've been uh, re-releasing these uh, transcription recordings over the years, so we get to hear some almost alternate takes of uh, some of these bands as well. I don't know if Chittison recorded for Decca at this time. I don't think he did. We're talking about the middle 1940s now. And this is a uh, version of the Herman Chittison Trio, slightly different than the ones we've heard so far. This was recorded on January 31st of 1944 and features Chittison, along with Jimmy Shirley, again on guitar, and a bass player named Saxon Wallace. I don't know much about him. Don't know anything about him, in fact. But he... Contributes to this trio texture. You can tell how uh, popular this instrumentation was: piano, guitar, and bass. No drums, no horn, or anything like that. Uh, this was a, a kind of a classic jazz trio from this period. As I said, it was really um, generated by the interest in the Art Tatum trio, and Clarence Prophet had one. The early versions of the Nat King Cole trio were like this too. So they really gave the pianist and especially the guitarist some uh, room to have some fun. So we're going to hear two tunes from this session. Uh, We're going to hear a a 1920s tune uh, that uh, doesn't sound dated at all in Herman Chittison's hands. This is called Persian Rug. This was recorded by, well, Jack Teagarden and uh, the Paul Whiteman band. This was a kind of an atmospheric, you know... um, Middle Eastern type of tune uh, that uh, doesn't have too many of those elements going for it in this particular performance, but instead it's a very exciting performance uh, by Herman Chittison's trio. We're actually going to end up the show with that, but before that we're going to do another ballad, uh, My Old Flame by the same group, and we'll hear how they treat some more polite music. So before we Go on to these last two tunes. I'll say again, you are listening to W-E-T-F, South Bend, Indiana, the Jazz Station. And my name is John Clark. Happy to be here with you and sharing the jazz focus. Hope you continue listening to this program. And uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, check out my Instagram and Facebook pages, which are under my name, John Clark, and my band's name, Wolverine Jazz Band. So if you'd like to send a little mail and let me know what's going on. And uh, if you have any topics you'd like to see me tackle in the in the future love to hear from you so we're going to finish up with the Herman Chittison trio of 1944 my old flame and persian rug mm-hmm.